Welcome, everybody. This is Steve Anderson, and you're listening to a special episode of HRBB's podcast, Celebrating the Life of Boyd Coddington. We have finally made it to the top, the biggest wheel in the industry, Mr. Boyd Coddington. Boyd, it is an honor to have you on the show. Oh, thank you for the compliment. That was very nice. Thank you. You betcha. This is actually the giveaway car we're going to give away in Columbus, Ohio this year for the Gary Metters Good Guy event. So the this is one of your more famous cars. Uh, do you find people just, when they think of you, they think of this car first? Or I think so. I think this, the, Boydster, the Boydster projects have been very, very uh, good for us and very popular. So that's why we're reproducing them in fiberglass. When, when these go out the door, do they just kind of fade from your memory? You don't give them much thought? Or is it like your children out there and you're wondering how they're doing? I always, I always kind of, I know about where every car is ever built. So keep very close tabs on them. Well, that's beautiful. Well, Boyd, I'm very pleased that you took the time to talk to us and, and real excited to be here at your facility. I know you have a car show going on here today, yeah, too. This is a, we're just getting ready to go up and draw for a free set of wheels and some hats and T-shirts and stuff. But uh, I'd like to tell everybody out there watching this that we really appreciate uh, people buying Boyd Coddington products. And your wheels especially. They're fantastic. Recording from our headquarters in Old Town Orange, welcome to the Hot Rod by Boyd Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. This is a very special episode of the HRBB Podcast. I'm here with uh, my co-host, Chris Coddington. How we doing, my friend? Good. Doing really yeah. good. So tonight, we are recording on the 12th anniversary of your father's passing away. Yes. Yeah. So 12 this, years. Yeah. This is a special night. Yep. Um, you got your Hawaiian shirt. You're looking. Yeah. And you got your Hawaiian shirt on. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're trying to, uh, you know. But we got a very special guest. It's going to take us down memory lane. It's going to give us some great stories about the legend himself, Boyd. Let's welcome to the show, Mr. Steve Anderson. How we do, my friend? Oh, what a great opportunity. A great celebration of somebody who really changed hot riding. And, uh, yeah, thanks, Steve. Thanks, Chris, for involving me. Um, gosh, I mean, what could be said more than... Um, Lloyd Coddington changed the face of hot rodding, changed possibilities, um, put the standard at another level, and uh, built cars that um, you know really stand the test of time, in particular, Cadzilla. Yeah, and you know what, uh, Cadzilla, we'll, we'll get into that story in a minute, yeah. but I, I had a friend stop by today. He was at Peterson, and he's at the Peterson Museum. Yeah, and, and, uh, in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah in Los Angeles, and yep. Cadzilla's there. And he was telling me, that uh, because they have the James uh, Hetfield um, exhibit now with all his cars, right? Yeah, and they have yeah. Cadzilla, and there was another car. I don't know the other car, but they they kind of kept it in the same area. And James Hetfield made sure he told them, "Don't move those cars. Right. Th those cars, <laughs> those are those are some of my favorite cars that 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 I don't own." Yeah, and he wanted them in because the, they, they yeah. were trying to make the area his deal. Yeah, you know, and he said, "No, I want Cadzilla. Yeah. Sure. And I can't think of the other car." But that was kind of cool to hear, you know. It's cool. Well, it shows his understanding of the subject. You're right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you we're know? talking about James Hetfield from Metallica, one Metallica, of the biggest, yes. you know, bands of all time. So, yeah, yeah. No, yes, indeed. It's awesome that that stuff. You know, Steve keeps staying out there. You know, yeah. and I mean, you get friends <laughs> to pop in and just keep re re refreshing your memory, especially you know on, on a day like today. But Steve, let's. You know what? It's been. A, I mean, it's great you're on the show. I mean, I haven't. I, I'm. We try to figure out how long it's been since I've seen you, but it's got to be at least 25 years or so, at least. 
Yeah, yeah. It's um, but like like yesterday, I can see in my my head. Uh, you probably don't look like that now, but yeah, no, uh, a little we're a little most, older. Most of my head's bald. <laughs> well, yeah, let's 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 uh, just just so we can inform our guests, let's go through your background. Yeah, Let, let's let's talk about let's take it back uh, to your. To the, well, when we'll get into the the Cadzilla story because that's yeah. cool. Yeah, that's real cool. Sure. Uh, sure. But let's talk about what builds yeah. us up to that, and then beyond that. Well, you know, I was very uh, fortunate. Um, the, the opportunities that opened to me could have not been planned. I was very lucky. I had parents who were very supportive. And um, we used to go out to Rosamond near Edwards Air Force Base in the Mojave Desert, east of Los Angeles, east northeast, and go plinkin on the weekends. And uh, one day we walked, we heard these cars, and we went over to the edge of a fence just maybe a quarter mile away, and we saw the prototype for GT running around with, uh, you know, the guys who developed that car, including Carol Shelby and others. And uh, the next time I knew, and it was maybe a year later, I was probably 63, 64, um, my mom worked at a Sears store, and she had me go over to the auto department and meet Mr. Kelly, the manager, and he took me for a ride in a Cheetah, Chevy's answer to the Cobra that never really worked out. And I got to ride in that up and down the parking lot. I couldn't even see the road. I was just soft sky. I was, you know, 11, 12 years old. Yeah. And then, by just geographics, um, Dick Magoo McGoograth lived just down the street. And his sons and I uh, grew up together since kindergarten. And I uh, was around his shop a lot when he was, when you know, rigging slot car company. And we did a lot of that. And then that went away. And... He realized that his real capability was something he'd done as a hobby, and he started building cars, and the Goose Hot Rods came about later. But through that, um, I was 13. He drove up with a Model T Coupe, three-pedal car, completely stock, black, of course, any color. Um, and um, his wife, Lois, said, Dick, you don't you drive roadsters, 29s in particular. And he looked at me, and he goes, you need a hot rod. And he sold me the entire car, well, the chassis he'd sold to somebody else, sold me the entire body and all the trim for 600 bucks, and the chassis from his 27 Touring, because he was building a new one, for $600. And over the next four years, well, yeah, um, I took all the parts, thing, things apart, rebuilt everything, uh, learned how to run brake, brake lines, and um, do all the things you need to do, some metal fabrication, some simple things, sanded all the paint off of that DuPont Duco paint, sanded it all off, and then was going to repaint it black. made a lot of sense. And then when I was 17, I discovered girls, and I sold it for gate money. <laughs> I don't even remember the girl's name. <laughs> but it, it, it put me into something that I could never walk away from because I liked the people, and I liked the creativity, and I liked the fun. I never finished that car. It was never... Uh, painted it ended up on the cover of rod action in 76 uh, fast forward to a bunch of stuff and i ended up going to work for brian brennan through magoo who was the editor of rod action in late late 82 first work came out in 83 and um, i looked back at old editions and i found my car on the cover oh wow um, of rod action from you know many years before and then worked there until 88. I had no background in publishing. I'd never taken a class in it. Um, I was not good at all in school, DNF student pretty much, and never a photography class. But I did work in a photo studio prior to 
that with the famed hot rod shooter, motor trend shooter, Scott Colleen, one of my best friends. Oh, nice. And he was patient with me through decades, taught me how to shoot. And then in 88, I got tired of uh, where I was. And so I literally sat out in front of Peterson Publishing on uh, 8490 Sunset, Los Angeles, and um, shook, just shook in the car, thinking that this is the, you know, ivory tower of publishing. And then went in and had an interview with Jeff Smith and Hot Rod. And then the next day with Cam Benty, I ended up with the job at Carcraft with Cam. And then a short time later, Jeff liked what I did and asked me to come over to Hot Rod. So we did some moving around. And I pretty much, yeah, that was with the 89 that I started with Hot Rod. And in 90, of course, Harry Hibbler had put something together with Boyd and Billy Gibbons around Kedzilla. And with an incredibly short build time, and Chris, you'll have to recall this, I think it was a 10-month build, something like that, or 14 months, I forget the exact time. Yeah. I, I don't recall, but yeah, it, I remember it wasn't. It wasn't years. It was and it was, yeah. John. John, sorry, sorry. No, go ahead. John, John Bechtel, and of course he was a, a tech editor there, an incredible writer. And Gray Baskerville, the man at Hot Rod and Rod oh, Custom, the man, yeah, uh, were planning to drive it. Yeah, just he was close with Boyd. He, I think, I think more more than anybody, Gray Baskerville put Boyd on the map. Yeah, and uh, no, he was a he great was guy. Really, he's a great guy. Loved him. He's really fantastic. So. They both got ill, and darn, Rob Canan, who'd just come out of uh, Northern Colorado University or something up in Fort Collins, um, he was chosen with me to pilot Cadzilla cross-country. Awesome. So months right. went by, and that's the rest of the story we'll tell later. But that's pretty much the long and short of it. I've always been a car person. I like sports cars a lot. I like Porsches, but I also love hot rods and customs and been very blessed in my life by circumstance and opportunity and been able to play on that so let's let's talk about that because i mean one of one of my greatest memories that i've shared many times on the podcast is cross-country trip in shizum with my dad mm -hmm. and of gray baskerville mm -hmm. and bob bowder yep. you know um yeah in, in, you know in tow there with the uh, dually and trailer um uh, yeah mm -hmm. and i mean uh, i i keep telling the story because i'm the only surviving member of that little crew yeah you know of the of the trip yes. and Great times. I mean, I, yeah. I think I was 17, 18 years old, and, um, you know, it was it was one of those times that you ne I'll never forget. So yeah. so l l you get that call, right? You get that call, and you, you, w what are you thinking at that point when you got that call to make that trip? I don't think it's like um, the lottery or something that you can't take it in. Um, I knew what was coming. I'd been at the shop a lot. I'd seen Craig Nass hand-making the 18-gauge body from flat metal. And Larry there, Larry Erickson, I was fortunate to meet him early on and watch him. He and, uh, and uh, Craig worked together to finalize. I remember one of the doors had too much pooch or curvature to the side of the door. And he said, no, it's got to be more vertical, flatter. And Craig just went over and put the door panel that he'd been working on down and made another one. And it was, of course, great. Uh, one of the best, the finest metal craftsmen uh, ever. Yeah. And a really great guy. Another great interview for the future. Yeah, I know. He's definitely. I've got to have him on. He's super guy. Just so down to earth from Virginia. Just real country and real, real sharp. Really special. But um, as we we're getting close, it became, you know, nerve wracking. And uh, I'd known Boyd a while. He'd given me many opportunities that I was thankful for. Um, 
I mentioned to Steve the other day yeah, when we yeah, first Steve. talked. That yeah, the first, the, the, first. Let's rewind to to because that was a great. Uh, I couldn't believe you told me that story. I, I yeah. Let, let's. let's. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you hear about a guy you get into the magazine business. You know, and there's this guy that's bigger than life already, and he hadn't done anything yet compared to what was coming. But still, he created some wonderful cars. And I did coverage, I think, of Oakland, and he had taken Larry Murray's High Boy 33 Ford Phaeton and won two awards. He won Best Altered Touring and Best Hot Rod. Well, being a novice and not really paying attention to the name of his company, uh, Hot Rods by Boyd, I, in the caption on the car, I put that Larry's car had won Best Altered Touring. That came out, and I bet it was five minutes until he called me with his hand, and he had some interesting language to, you know, describe <laughs> his feelings. And uh, and 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 I I thought I was done. I figured, well, I'll be out of the industry completely by tonight. Uh, <laughs> so we he he, uh, you know, he had some other comments, but we got off the phone, and he kind of hung up. And a short time later, a matter of weeks or maybe, you know, a week or two. And he said, hey, I'd like you to go over to Phoenix and shoot Larry um, Murray's car in front of a hotel. And we did. And Boyd had that blown up, and it was the largest picture in his shop probably all the time I knew him there. All the time I all the, all the time he was alive. I hey, don't think Steve, there was ever a larger picture of that in his office. Steve, not to interrupt and, you, not to interrupt you, right? but I'm, no, I'm staring at that picture right now. Are you really? Yeah, it, it, there's like yeah. Uh, arches. Um, yes. Yep. Exactly. I have it right smart. here. We'll, we yep. will send you a picture of it. That's it's, great. It's That's it's great. right here, and yeah. yeah, you can't tell what hotel it is, but yeah, now that you say it's a hotel, now it all makes sense. That's it. Yeah, wow. I have, we have that saved. and so, we have it here. Yeah, we we stare at this every time so we do cool. a podcast. Yeah. Well, to me, that said a great deal about his true nature. He was just checked a little bit, and he used to say what he thought. You know, he was pretty outspoken. Um, I think TV gives the wrong impression of him many times because he was actually fairly genteel. And that was also shown in his effort with Russell Caldwell at Make-A-Wish. Oh, yeah. That was a, that's, a, that's, a had, great, that's some great memories, too, right there. Go ahead. Yeah. No, that's, well, that's I think, great. I think in this anniversary, today's anniversary of his life and his passing, that's certainly uh, pivotal in – how people should see him because he gave a great deal of his time. He got hold of all the rotters in the area, Chuck Lombardo, Dick Magoo. Uh, I think it was Newport beach Ferrari. And he got Russell, you know, ride up the Newport freeway and whatever, Chester Oscar or something. Yep. And he, they went, he came and we all had dinner at Magoo's home. And this little boy had every possible challenge, but he was a car guy and it's almost emotional to think of it. And, uh, Boyd was just absolutely instrumental and and so gracious in every way that he did his most for this young man. And Russell didn't last too much longer. He moved on to a better place, and in my view, and uh, it was just really special. And that always will stay with me as one of the finest moments that I was was allowed to be a part of through Boyd and the others too. I'm sure they were all enjoying the time. Yeah, and that was that and, was. Um, yeah. No, I was saying that was a great time. Ooh. I remember that because 
you know, I remember as a kid, I, I forget how old I was. I would have been like probably 14, 15 years old, maybe 16. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I remember Russell and his family. They had, because Make-A-Wish was fairly new back then, correct? Were they, yeah. It was fairly new. And so I remember my dad yeah. telling us what he was going to do. And I said, okay. And he said this, uh, he had cystic fibrosis. Um, and it was, I remember, I, re, I, I can remember his mom and dad and his sister and him like, like it was, it was yesterday, and I remember there was Fer- Ferrari of of North America had a had a shop there over there in um, Cyprus, right? And okay. On Catella, and you know we were doing some work for them, and yeah, he arranged like you said the Testarossa going down the the freeway. I remember Russell coming back with just the biggest smile on his face because I, <laughs> I I don't know how fast they went, but they they went pretty fast. Over hundred, he told me. Yeah, and so. Uh, yeah, that allegedly. was cool. Let's say allegedly. Yeah, allegedly, right? Uh, well, statute of limitations are up, and then, you know. It's yeah. Right. But, yeah, yeah no, it right. was right. that was a yeah. cool time. I, I remember those people were at our house. We went and had dinner with them, mm-hmm. and it was, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, my dad was, yeah. was, you know, he, 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 he really liked to give back to people that weren't, you know, that had issues beyond their control, you know? Like, especially yeah. hiring, yeah. The, we, we hired many uh you know uh, mental handicapped and and uh and uh you know down syndrome chill, uh, kids yeah. adults whatever you know but, yeah. i mean uh, you, that was a great time yeah, yeah it was a great time cuz my dad always he told me about the down syndrome kids and that um yes they have some challenges don't we all but that given a task they were extremely good at that singular task oh. repeatedly to yes always deliver the polished parts or the unpolished parts to be polished or whatever it was. And I always enjoyed that. But I thought that was another side of Boyd that you never see in, you know, today's world that much. It's just too busy and rushed. And, and Boyd certainly had a lot to do. And I, I think while the TV show was great for lots and legions of people, I don't think it gave, it was more drama than there really existed. I remember so many times, as you know, Chris, that you, you'd walk through the shop and, Carl would be machining something and Lars would be over uh, working with somebody and, and somebody else in Brogdon would be walking around showing people around, but nobody would be talking. It would be silence. Yeah. And then if somebody needed a hand, Greg or somebody would come over and, and say, what do you need? Okay, do you need to lift this up so I can get this, you know, fastener in or whatever? And then they'd finish and they'd go off. There was never the conjecture that you'd see on the TV show, but then it would have made a very boring TV show if it were totally real. Exactly. So they added a little drama and it made it what it was. Well, how many, uh, yeah, I mean, they had a certain formula that worked for the TV show and, you know, they edited, they took took all those hours and they edited it down to, what, 44 minutes. Yeah, to tell the story the way they want to say it, you know? But, yeah, no, um... But I think I think uh, Boyd did so much for the industry, and, and he raised it to a level like with guys like Larry Murray, who ended up with, I'm pretty sure, several of his cars. Yes. And back to the Peterson Museum, there are several of his cars, including I think the Mitsubishi Power yeah, the, the Lumacoupe. Yeah, Lumacoupe's there. Yep. And Boyd drove. Yep. And I just I was there for the Hot Rod Magazine reunion a few a couple months ago, but it was really cool to see that and a few other cars. The I forget the purple T-shirt car that had the kind of unusual split in the nose that would be um, uh yeah the, butch the, martino's uh, roadster yes yeah 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 yeah. and that was that was in the museum as well if i'm not mistaken well that's cool yeah and, uh, and that's on the shirt yeah so that's on the shirt you guys are wearing in the pictures you sent yeah, on, yeah. On, on part of your road yeah trip. and then gary newton's 
Gary Newton's four twenty or single overhead cam four twenty seven is the rod is wearing in the center. Yep. And that's the blue roads to there. I don't know whose coupe that was. That might have been one of the Aussie brothers or somebody else's, but uh oh yeah. I mean goodness. But you know, again, there's so much that could be said about Boyd and, and not nearly enough ways to impress what he did on people because a lot of things you see today, I mean, billet wheels are, are now like standard. Everybody's got them. New car companies come out with their own versions. Yep. Exotic car companies have them. But, wow, where did that all start? In volume. You know, guys say, well, I built the first one. Well, not of any volume. And it's got to be volume to be something in production. And he did that. And um, I remember, as John Drummond was talking about uh, some days ago, of, you know, them roasting him. And Butera just blatantly talking about how it went with the creation of those wheels. It was hilarious and amazing. Yeah. So I was just fortunate, like I said before, beyond comparison that I, A, knew him, and B, had the opportunity by happenstance to share the drive with Rob. We traded off um, basically 50-50. I think he probably drove more. He was the new guy. I wanted him to have the experience. And I was already on cloud nine just being behind the wheel. So where did you guys you, – okay, where did you take off from? Where did you drive it to? Yeah, so let's, let's get some we left, details left, of that, okay. that yeah. journey. Yeah. I'm sorry, got a little ahead of myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. Um, We're here to reel you back in. That's, yeah. Good, good. Yeah, John warned you that. I heard it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you warned me. <laughs> well, yeah. I know me better than anybody, and that's really scary. Yeah. Uh, so we, we did our shakedown, you know, and, and I think it was 61 miles, something like that. Went around, around, around. And then it was amazing. As we arrived early that day, it was still sun up, sunrise. And on Stanton, or in Stanton, I believe, right? Yes. And uh, at the original shop. And then huh, the original rims that were on the poster in the magazine article in 89, um, those were uh, caps that screwed into the center of the hub. And if I recall the way they were mounted, they were 19 inches in diameter, but they actually weren't wheels. They were just a really cool machined wheel cover. And it gave Cadzilla that look. But in reality, they couldn't have gone down the road because there was so much rotating mass. It would have come apart or come off or anything could have happened. And that wasn't it. So as we arrived, they were making the wheels that you see in that picture. And they had just welded them in and then polished them and then mounted them and put them on the car as we were standing around in that photograph with Boyd and I looking at the map that's in the magazine article at least. And they just put the wheels on. So that was a little bit tentative. You think, gosh, and I hope they're good. And but that was nothing for the shop. They did a million of them. And we rolled out into traffic and headed towards 15 over Cajon Pass, I think it is. And, yep. uh, is that right? And, yep. um, out, out, uh, towards Victorville, which was our first stop. But getting through town, going back a few miles, was interesting because there was traffic and people get so disconcerted, you know, moving around, getting in, getting out of the, the flow, that that had us, you know, immediate fear of what might have happened. But because the car, causes people to go numb. I mean, deer in the headlights, they pull up next to you, and then they're weaving along close to you, away from you, close to you, away from you. It was quite uh, interesting. So uh, we get over Cone Pass, and we find a Texaco station, which was our sponsor on the trip. 
And uh, by the way, the car got 10.3, I think, miles per gallon <laughs> and had about 110, ga- 100, um, 110, let's see, um, just a little over 100 gallons capacity, not even 101. No, I mean, I'm sorry, 10-gallon capacity, yeah, 10, not even 11-gallon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Because the tank was at an angle where it was mounted and it couldn't fully fill. So you had 10.3 or 10 gallons, and you were you know, pretty short distance. Pulled into the Texaco station, filled up, pulled out just to make sure everything was good. We're kind of sitting on the side. Here comes a 67, 68 Chevelle, kind of hot rod, big in the, up in the back, down the front, and a bunch of kids pile out. And they're kind of you know, going back and forth. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. And the guy said, that's Cadzilla. And he has the magazine, the feature article and, uh, in hand. And I said, yep. That's awesome. And these guys were flipping out. You want to sit in it? Sure, man. Oh, oh it was just. Dude. And that was something Billy had told me in the elevator in Peterson. Um, we were looking at a new Sony device. He said he could do away with the band members because it did it all for him. All he needed to do was play his leads and sing. But uh, it was a funny conversation because he was so easy. Just a really, really nice guy. I mean, he's cool. He didn't have any fluff or fancy about him. And, well, where was I going with that? Let's see. Um, moving on. Billy wanted us to drive it. That was what he said. He said, you know, you drive it, let people experience it. Don't worry about it. It's going to be cool, cool. I'm really glad you're doing it. And you had my face and my boat. So, we immediately had guys sitting in it, which we did throughout the trip. And there were stories we can tell later some other time about some of the more amazing people who sat in the car. But that was the first sign that it was something recognizable to the car world already. And um, from there, we moved on heading towards the Mirage in Vegas, where we stayed that night. We parked it right out next to the volcano, I think was right at the one. Yeah, yeah, the Mirage uh, has a volcano. Yep, they stayed there all night, sat out there by the volcano. It was very cool. Sure, the hotel didn't mind. But halfway to Vegas, someplace at Baker or out there, we got a sandstorm. And as you know, the door glass, which they tried to make several times, was a compound curve. And it wouldn't last. It just wouldn't work. It couldn't roll, and then it couldn't stay up obviously because you need to have it down sometime and so we went without the door glass in the car had the rear side windows as the picture shows but no side glass in the doors when we hit the sandstorm which was coming across from the right to the left oh. it was just pelting the side of our faces oh, but, man. you know bleeding and, and bruised i'm kidding but we we weren't worried about that you know what we were thinking about paint job the paint i mean that you need to drive through a sandblaster with a beautiful paint job like Cadzilla. Hard to describe color with an incredible finish. We stepped on, and when we got to the Mirage, we dug a pound of sand out of the inside of the car. Oh, wow. It was just on <laughs> the floor and the seats. Probably had two or three ounces in my feet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Wow. exactly. You know, surf Las Vegas. And um, <laughs> so, but we... We started looking, and we went to the nose, obviously, because you've got a combination of elements, speed and the sand, excuse me, and nothing, nothing. It was nothing that happened. And so we, you know, went up for the night. Um, one of the things, and it didn't stay out all night. I misspoke. 
it stayed out for a while, and then we did as we did everything. And with Jack Webb um, in our, you know, behind us, um, he had the box and the trailer. I mean, the box and the, and the Shuley, uh, Chevy crew cab, Dooley. And but we never, except for late in the trip, throw, uh, did anything but drive the car. We never trailered it except to put it away at night, so it was safe. And a lot of people have doubted that over time and said, well, well, it's not possible. That's what the trip was about. That's what Billy wanted us to do. So we got it out the next morning. We drove on over towards uh, Highway 70 on 15. Uh, Turned on to 70, and about a mile or two from 15, we shot the lead shot of Catzilla from the left rear three-quarter. And... um, then proceeded on towards Grand Junction, and it was getting pretty late by the time we got there, and I had the inkling to get into it a little bit and see what it would do. It was dark, could have been a lot of police, and again, allegedly, past the statute, uh, we put it well over 100 miles an hour. Nice. And How did it ride? That with that big 500 CAD, and it was perfect. It drove so well. Smooth? So well. It was it was easy. It tracked perfectly. It didn't do anything. You know, later in the trip, Larry Erickson was riding with me, and it was raining in Indiana, and we we were in one of the factory Cadillac he brought down from Detroit with one of his clay modeler associates, <clears throat> and he said, you know, rain is like God's wind tunnel in the way that the water flowed over the car. It actually was at the nose of the car down from the hood ornament on the vertical section of the hood, the water beads were just standing still at 60 miles an hour. They weren't blowing up. They weren't falling down. They were just stuck there. And he said, that's really good, kind of a dead space where you'd think it would be blowing everything around. And then he backed off, and we went to the tail of the car, and the water was centering, coming off the roof and the fenders and all centering in the in the trunk lid, which is the best view of the car, in my opinion. The rear three-quarter is the best thing about Catzilla. Yeah. And it was dripping off the, the bumper, dead center in the back, just just flowing like a, a natural trough. And it was a really good way of expressing it. And, you know, God's wind tunnel, yeah. nature's wind tunnel, however that, you put that's it. That's awesome. Signature and it void. just spoke of yeah. a great design. Flu- yeah. Fluid design. And like, literally. <laughs> yeah, right. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Uh, well, Larry was no slouch. So what was your final destination on uh, with the Cadzilla on that trip? Final destination was the uh, Hot Rod Super Nationals in Canfield, Ohio. That was a seven-day trip. Okay. We did, I don't know, four to 600 miles because every time you'd stop, you had a crowd. It was it was amazing, actually. Um, and I'm jumping around on the trip here because there's, you know, when we got to Colorado, we met with Daryl Mayab, a famous artist who had done countless programs for SEMA, art pieces for everybody in the rotting world amazing creator and he introduced me to friends that i hang out with today raul de la torre um a whole bunch of guys uh, that were gary volling was a great hot rod builder and he actually followed us in his roadster 48 pickup in the article and but you know it just it's hard to encapsulate but as we got through colorado we ended up in ellis kansas just inside the border uh, maybe i don't know 10 15 miles i guess 20 miles 50 miles i don't remember and rolled into a Texaco station, and the gal that was running it 
was on the phone immediately. And here comes all these what appeared to be farmers. They've got plaid shirts on and, and bib overall Levi's. And um, they rolled in. All these pickup trucks come in. It's in farm country. And not far from where I'm at now, really. And it's just getting a crowd. And people are just amazed. And they're checking things out. Well, here comes the local uh, law enforcement. A guy from New York had been shot on the job. And he retired to Ellis, Kansas to be a small-town policeman. Well, he walks up. What is it? You know, we told him. Oh, it was yours? No, it belongs to Billy Gibbons. I said, you want to get in? He said, uh, sure. So we swung that big suicide door open, which had to weigh, you know, two or 300 pounds. Swung that open. He starts to get in, and then he stands back up, and he goes, there aren't any drugs in there, are there? <laughs> you know, it's a rock star's car. Like, that's you know going to be the case. And I said, well, no. As I reached into my pocket, I said, do you want some? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. And with that, he just cracked up. And, and But the crowd just beat on him after that. They just kept hacking on that guy. and he, They loved him. It was hilarious. <laughs> we had a, a funny time for about an hour. And every time we stopped, 20-plus times over the trip, uh, which was 2,200 and, I don't know, 40 miles, or I think it was, um, it was always that way. We Dude, couldn't stop without a crowd. You were like a moving sightseeing attraction. You know, like absolutely, yeah. I mean, dude, Cadzilla. I mean, even just to the novice, you'd you'd look at that car and be like, "Oh, what what what's that?" But to somebody who in the know, you'd be yeah. like, "That that's that's Cadzilla." Well, well, and you know, Steve. So that would have been what is that eighty nine ninety that you did that ninety? It was a June. Uh, we finished June fifth ninety. I think. Okay, uh, so what, what it was. So this was the beginning of June. So a year or two later, I did a similar trip with my dad in Shazoom. Now I was amazed. This is back. There, there, no digital cameras. That, that wasn't even. A, that no, wasn't no even social media. About. No, no. But you know what? No. I was amazed at how many people going down the highway at gas stations, wherever oh, we would, stopped, they had cameras. Would still have like the disposable, the Kodex. Remember? Well, they had disposable, but they had yeah. just cameras or just a regular. They just carried a camera yeah. in their car. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah. Well, my parents I mean, had one back. In the, my parents had one in the glove compartment at all times. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah, but it was you know Maybe it wasn't so weird. <laughs> Maybe it was weird for me. We were. You know, it was weird for know. us because what she said. Everybody pulls up and they've got cameras. Yeah. And they're pointing and waving and 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 I remember you can see the you can you learn to lip read pretty quick because there's a several sayings that were common. You're like, what the. And that's <laughs> yeah, amazing. Right. And, like what? And you can see the, the bitching word. You know that that was that was a, a Baskerville word. Bitching. Yeah. And, and they would say a bitching. You could see it bitching. You know, yeah. and awesome and cool. And and it was just forever. And then you get people who drove by who are always in a fog. You know, they wouldn't have recognized it if it was. <laughs> Well, invisible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? If it was a Batmobile, it wouldn't have made a difference. Yeah. <laughs> no. And, th- and this is so much more than that. Oh, I, my gosh. I know. You know, when, when you when you raise the electric hood and, you know, towards the nose and away from the firewall, people just flipped out. And then to see the ZZ Top cut the valve covers, people weren't naming cars on their valve covers yet, as I recall. That yeah. wasn't a very common, if at all, thing yet. Well, then the firewall and that thing with the ZZ in it, that, yeah. you know, just. Yeah. Uh, yes. Such a, such an, I mean, one of the all-time customs. 
Yeah. Right there. Well, well, well Steve, you had told me off uh, off the air that you went to the Peterson Museum and you asked about, uh, what was it, the rankings of hot rods? Yes. Well, yeah. Yes, Steve. Re- repeat that story I was actually us. talking with, oh, please, yeah, sorry. I interrupted uh, again. You interrupted um, yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, Harry Hibbler, again, was the publisher of Hot Rod, and John Diana was the head of Automotive Group, and, and Jeff Smith was my editor, and great guy, always has been, great writer. And Harry was the one who told me when we were at the Hot Rod reunion, I said to him, this was Hot Rod Magazine reunion a few months ago, that, uh, well, Godzilla, I said, was one of the top five hot rods in hot rod history, right? He said, number one, by far. And that was from the guy who made this happen and from the guy who, you know, was quite the man at, at uh, hot rod for a long time. And so by his count, and I would buy, buy that completely, Kedzilla's number one. Yeah. Well, and, and that's it, saying something when you consider the cars historically, like the Hirohata Merc, which I think is at the Peterson, yeah. and some other cars that are, you know, you know pretty what? substantial. But Yeah, I think that's the other car that's that, – that, uh, Next to Hetfield's display, which one is the, the mm-hmm. Hirohata Merc? Okay, yeah. So, yeah. well, and also yeah. too, we had we had Randy Lorenzen on the podcast, and if I'm remembering his statement correctly, that was the first issue of Hot Rod they had to reprint. Is that correct? You know, I don't know that for a fact, but I would imagine because of Randy's shooting the car for that initial feature, that he would know that. that yeah, that's they, they, they they they. Didn't print enough, and they had to reprint it to get it out there. Yeah, because I mean, everybody had the poster. Demand was so high. Everybody had that poster. Everybody had. Well, back in the day, that's all you could have is you know these posters from these magazines. Yeah, you know. No, that yeah, was yeah. Cheryl Teagues and and Cheryl Teagues and Farrah Fawcett and Kevin Zilla. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> maybe like a, maybe a Dan Marino poster in in there too. Dan Marino. Yeah, why not? Maybe. You know, no. maybe. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Joe Montana. Joe, yeah. Uh, Marcus Allen. Go Raiders. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, okay. No, those those cross country you know, trips. <laughs> I I miss those cross cross country trips. Thank you. You know, yeah, I mean. Uh, that was at a time where, you know, it was one of those things. All, all it took was one person to tell tell my dad, uh, you build trailer queens. Oh, okay. That was it. Yeah. Guess what? Road trip, right? Yeah. We're going to show you road trip. Yeah. Let's put this on the road. Let's get it well, out there. It's, yeah. a, it's a great point, guys, that that I think the, the impetus of Cadzilla, which is something when I worked for good guys for eight years doing the Gazette with John and, and others, um, that – Gary was Metters was always about drive your car, drive your car, drive your car, which just leads to a funny story. But um, that was the impetus of this story: is to Godzilla is literally a hand-built piece of art, and not just any, but something that worked perfectly, as we've discussed. Functional, perfect lines. Yeah. The taillights were transferred almost straight over to the STS Cadillac, which Larry Erickson, an associate, built. And I'll let him tell you that story. It's a fantastic story, what they had to do to get it done. But they carried things over from Cadzilla to production cars. And that's a reverse totally from where people were cutting stuff off of old standard cars, uh, Buicks and the noses out of you know 53 Buicks and putting them in customs and taking the spinners off of the different cars and putting them on customs. Well, here was a car, a custom that led to production and a, and a car that we drove as if we owned it. Well, let's, let's talk about it. that. 
How? Go, go ahead. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I haven't heard that story no, yet. No, no. And again, Steve told me this a little bit offline about. I think how... Steve talked to you a lot offline here. <laughs> I want him to talk to me right no, now. No, he, he was excited about being <laughs> well, on sometimes here. Sometimes we were talking. Sometimes I... we were talking about you, Chris. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. You know? well, I want to well, hear about the. I hear about the, the the STS and the. Yeah, you said that Larry Erickson uh, once he. Uh, Designed Cadzilla that became uh, kind of like the the template for some of the STS features they're now seeing in the Cadillacs. The the STS which came out right about that same time, eighty nine, ninety, ninety one. I don't recall, but again, I don't want to break the story. I think the the only thing I wanted to point out, if you look at the taillights of Cadzilla, which are a nice thin sliver tapering top and bottom. And beautiful, and the, and the real the statement gave it the speed, the perfect angle, because that's Larry. I mean, he, he taught Chip Foose, I believe, at Art Center. You know, not only went there, but taught there. He's just such a special guy, incredibly intellectual. And he had everything just right. And the, and the taillights, those vertical taillights, if you look at Cadillacs of the 90 era, they had that real slim vertical taillight on yeah. either side. And that, that was something he carried over. Because why not? Because it was such a monumental car, it all worked for them. And, but you know, you ask him about why STSs are all blacked out. That's the story that I'm not going to tell you because it, it's just too good a story. <laughs> well, we're going to have to oh, share that oh, offline. We, got, we, we have a HRBB cliffhanger. Yeah, we do. We do. <laughs> Thanks for teasing us. That's the whole setup, right? man. No, I love but I'm bump at the end. Yeah, yeah. right. No, you this know? is an ongoing story. Yeah. This whole podcast is this is what it's all about. Yeah, is one story leads it to is. another story, and even with our guests, they come on here and then they'll be like at the end of it when we hang up they're like oh i totally forgot about this and we're like oh we'll get you back yeah yeah you know so it's you know these uh, this podcast is meant to jog memories you know it's and that's what it's doing for me and so i'm a bit ad lib here because i had forgotten some of the stories and i put them aside and uh, you know i remember we were on a trip. We got to Effingham, Illinois, which was where World Color Press was, and they printed all of Peterson's magazines. We happened to stop there one night. And Jack Webb, I'm not sure if Jack's still with us. No, uh, I, I'll have to add here, Jack passed away about two weeks ago. No. Yeah, about two weeks ago. Well, think about the coincidence there. Yeah. Wow. He was great. He followed us the whole way. It was always super cool. But a friend of his showed up at Effingham, and he spent, well, we didn't put the car away until he got there, and that was a job every night, because only Rob could get in and out of the window um, and then <laughs> slide down the trailer and out. It was impossible. I couldn't even think of it. Yeah. And so this guy shows up, and he has a uh, poster in hand of his 53 Merc. And it's classic, you know, 60s spinners, custom, the whole thing, you know, panel paint, really kind of radical. And he, you know, he looked at Cadzilla for about five seconds, and he said, did you see my car? Which is, tends to be a problem because people get very myopic, isn't that it? And can <laughs> see their car and no one else's. And, yeah. and the same thing goes with not driving. You know, It's become something that's so sterile, guys don't know what to do with them. They, don't, they can't leave it because they're afraid of it. They don't drive it because they're afraid of it. And back to the point of driving Cadzilla proves that you can drive anything. You can fix it. If you can afford to build it, you can afford to fix it. Yep. So back to driving story that's aside from this, but I find it one of the best. And again, you may have already talked about this with John or Marilyn Metters, who was told me the story. She and Gary and Andy and Sue Brizio were driving their roadsters uh, across between, I think, Utah and Denver. 
Salt Lake and Denver and taking the back roads, farm roads. So they're at the point of no return. They're heading for a gas station someplace in Colorado. And a, a, a farmer or a rancher had walked 100 or more cattle down the road for several miles because that's what you did on back roads. You get your car, your to another pasture or the market. And here comes Andy and Sue in a highway roadster. Well, cows, of course, leave their signature all over the pavement. <laughs> right. And it was, it was rain and poop. Oh, man. And oh. same with Marilyn and, and Gary. And they, they, they get to their hotel, and, and Marilyn said that the front desk looks at us like we're animals, you know, because you're just, it's everywhere. <laughs> you know, you're just covered in it. They're, they're called and, organic speed you know bumps. <laughs> Thank you. Organic speed bumps. That's hilarious. <laughs> and so, you know, that is part of the story. And they, they didn't look at it as a negative. It was just something that happened. Had they not driven it, they wouldn't have experienced no. it. And I wish people today would get that as as it's it, it becomes ludicrous to have something beautiful and not, you know, it's like having a wonderful horse and not riding it. Well, yeah. And that's a, that's a totally different experience if you're in a dually in an enclosed trailer driving through a bunch of cow poop. Yeah. Right? It's a totally yeah. different experience. Yeah. And you're in a high boy roadster with, you know, yeah. you know, I, I, yeah. I'd like to be in front, I think. <laughs> I think I would be in front of that. Uh, I, I wouldn't want to be. It would be like a race, I yeah. think it would be. You know, it would be like who, who could stay out ahead, ahead yeah. of the poop? Because you're, well, if you're, you're in the back. you're probably getting, a proper fling. Oh, if you're, if you're if you're behind somebody and that poops, oh come on! Back of the coaster takes it uh, worse. Takes it the worse. Take oh. it, uh, not good. There's probably a fleeing a fleeing ratio depending on speed. <laughs> right. Oh, and, and the velocity. How far vertical? Come, the, the trajectory is probably coming back down right at your forehead. Oh, the tires. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> uh, we'll just stop right there. It's just starting to get a little. <laughs> you know, I want. Okay. There's a story of uh, Baskerville going to with his his roadster going to like I think the Street Ride Nationals. And it was it, it, mm-hmm. it, it's Street Ride Nationals. It, it's and, and, and I, I, I'm assuming this was when it was in Louisville, Kentucky, because it's always been there. Um, yeah, super hot. I mean, it is stifling hot. And I, I think he w- w- plugged a, a bunch of holes up with rags and then filled the whole thing with water and drove it in. I, heard, I, heard, I heard that story once. <laughs> He 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 filled, he, filled, he filled the whole thing with water and drove it into the show, just as a goof. Yeah, I, someone's got. He was a goof on every level. Oh, he, he was, was great. He was, you know what? And, and yeah, no, there's so many different stories I've heard that he. I, and I've described him as he was the Hunter S. Thompson of hot rodding. Right? Oh wow, that, that's that's no, he was that's that's a good description. You know, he he told me once that. And I don't, I don't know. I mean, he went, I, and I totally could get, be getting this wrong. But Animal House, he went to school with those guys, and that was based loosely off of what they did in college, right? I, That's I, what I heard. I don't I, know if you wow. heard the same thing, You're, Steve. I yeah. don't know. I, I have not. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's, I, you yeah. know, what, you if know, you knew the guy, it wouldn't surprise you. <laughs> no, he was he was a goofy yet highly intelligent, brilliant mind, and a real generous person. Uh, he liked to run solo when he was at an event. He did not want people to walk with him because he was more free that way, and I understood that, did that a lot. But he he always wore a red hot rod shirt, and he'd have shorts and flaps. Yep. And um, and he always would say he'd, he'd walk up and kind of pigeon-toed and, and shake his hands, flap his hands, and go, hoo hoo 
that was just your standard saying. Right. We were at, at the coin once, and he'd given the guys a hard time about shutting it down about 3 in the morning. You know, he's trying to sleep. We were all trying to get rest so we could work the next day. And the guy pulls a Harley up and backs it up to his door and does a big smoky burnout. It's just shoving all that smoke in his room. Oh. Uh, it was just a – and he came out just like next morning smelling like Goodyear, you know. It was crazy. <laughs> but, uh, no, it was cool. There's... I mean, he'd say, you know, here's a backstory that um, – I worked with him at Rod and Custom and, and with Pat Manal, of course, and, and at Hot Rod because ba- uh, uh, Baskerville was jumping back and forth at that time. And he gave the proofreaders fits because he'd say stuff like, smoke the balonies. <laughs> well, the proof editors are right out of college, and they go, what does that mean? That, that's ridiculous. You can't say that. <laughs> well, no, you can if you're talking to us, car guys. That's and he was always getting those people in fits because they were about official language when in fact smoke the whole separate thing. <laughs> That's funny. He's a man. very special guy and, and nah, he's gone he, way too soon. You know, he yeah. was incredible. He helped me and helped everybody in the industry. And all the only guy I think, and you can correct me on this, I, I don't know much, that Sephoris, Jacobs, Pete Eastwood, and some other guys, Boyd may have been involved. Rebuilt the M and V uh, pickup truck that he drag raced. Had oh. like ten spokes on the front and howls on the back or something, or okay. ETs, kind of up in the front. And they actually built him a tribute car for free. Oh, they nice. just did it because they recognized that uh, Gray Baskerville was instrumental in the forward movement of hot rodding, and as I said, in particular, Chris, your dad. Yeah. No, and, and you know, th- that was at a time where, I mean, you know, the internet changed the game, but back then, magazines, if, you know. Yeah, that it, was it. That was it. That's yeah. that's how the world saw yep. this hobby. That's that's it. Oh, yeah. Yep. Newsstands or, were, were, the, were the shit back then. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, I mean, you, you, you knew the date when the magazine was I don't care what out. you were into. We're talking about hot rods now, but, I mean, whatever you were into and there was a magazine, you waited for the next month. Yeah. To get that magazine. Yeah. That's how you were informed right. of what was going on. And, you know, there were people that were influential in, in you know, gatekeepers, if you will, right? But the mm-hmm. editors mm-hmm. And, and these people just, just would, you know, and I mean, for, for years and decades, I want I want to get, your your dream as a hot rod builder would be to get a cover car. Yeah. Get, get in the magazine first right. and then get, right? ultimately get, be on the cover. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I've never even done well, that, di- that statistic. I've never even I've done that the, the numbers on how many cover cars my dad has. I probably should. We, we should. We should do, figure that out. Hey, we're, we're hiring record. interns, so if you guys are listening, <laughs> yeah, we have yeah. free internship yeah. here. Yeah, you get a free. We get a free lunch. College uh, credit. What, what, yeah, college yeah. credit. Sure, whatever. Uh, unless well, you you're know, from chat. Go back to something. In that center picture with Rob, and he has that, again, 27T coupe with an overhead cam 427 stuffed in there. I don't know how that's possible, but they did it. Gary Newton was with me in Newport Beach, I think, and we were just in the beach parking lot, and it was empty, and it was morning. And he drove the car from wherever he lived. I don't know if he lived there all the time. I don't think he did, but anyway. um, I said, can you do a burnout? Oh, yeah, sure. People talk about trailers, Boyd's trailer cars. Nobody I've ever seen would climb into a 600-horsepower 27T Roadster built by Boyd on beautiful blue anodized rims. They were one-offs. That car was spectacular. I don't know if it ever won Oakland or what it won, but it was spectacular. 
And he did a smoky burnout that probably 300 feet. And it was just forever, and he's getting crossed up, and that car didn't even care. You know, it's the same with Cadzilla. It's the same with many cars, whether people wanted to drive them or not. They could have, and they should have. You know, it's. I was at a uh, event, it's a good guys event, at uh, Pomona. And Kurt Russell comes walking up with his stuntman, or guy looked a lot like him, same size and whatever, friend, whatever. And some guys hacked on him when he came in about, you can't afford my car, I wouldn't sell it to you, blah, blah, blah. And I got wind of that and thought it was pretty bad representation of what hot rodders are all about, generally. Walked over and he said, you know, I don't even know what I'm looking at. I just need a place to put my son's soccer gear. And I pointed him at a white roadster that Boyd had there. And I think he bought it um, from whoever had it. It was for sale. And uh, so Boyd had the attention of a lot of people. You know, uh, I, I just, again, can't say how much he helped the industry. How everybody who worked for him benefited from that. He raised all of their capabilities, their belief in themselves, uh, and again, the industry. And while people want to throw mud on people for success, uh, anybody who argues that doesn't understand. And here you are carrying it still, Chris. Yeah. And just about is something you're doing and people out there, you need to go buy those beautiful tops and that jewelry stuff that Chris is making. And it's just, I have that top sitting in front of me that Boyd gave and me the Christmas. Those are pretty cool. We try to, you know, that stuff pops up on eBay from time to time, the historical stuff. So we try to buy yes. that stuff. Oh, I have one of his uh, disc brake watches. I mean, to me, that was a beautiful gift. Came in an aluminum case. Still have it. I value that stuff. Nice. It's very important to me. I have a little Cadzilla display in my house here. Uh-huh. I have a little shrine that I bow to every night. <laughs> no, and, and you know, uh, you, you were talking about uh, the, the burnout there. Uh, I remember uh, there's a story of a customer who bought a car from my dad, had it built. It was built over the Orange Avenue, my dad's first official shop behind the house there. Yep. And uh, he came to pick it up, and he lived down in South County, Orange County. So, you know, this is in the you know early 80s, like 80, 81. And I forget what kind of car it was, but I remember the story. And I remember firing it up. And he's like, okay, well, is this, boy, is this good to drive all the way down to, you know, I think it was San Juan, Capuchino, or Dana Point. Yeah. <laughs> and my dad says, my dad says, hell yeah, just lay on it, dude. Burn some rubber. Yeah. Well, this dude was a crazy mofo. And he turns, he gets, he gets out on the Orange Avenue and he lays on the gas and he has this thing sideways. So just, just yeah. going sideways all the way to the intersection. And he makes a left and he goes towards the freeway. And, well, this is before cell phones. And this guy says, he tells me, he goes, I'm no sooner walk. I'm walking in my door. My phone's ringing. And my dad my bad, my dad goes, my dad's on the other end going, what the fuck were you fucking thinking? He goes, you told me to lay on it. You told me to do a burnout. You know? But, you know, he did that big burnout, went sideways, and went all the way down to San Juan. Yeah, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, exited yeah. with style. Yeah, that's what they're for. That's what they're for. You know, yeah, but, but that's yeah. a testimony to these cars weren't just like works of art that were just to yeah, be looked this is at. Not uh, yes, no, for sure. No, the craftsmanship was on another level, and it set the bar. Well, and something that um, I think I don't think I ever addressed it. Maybe in the article, I don't recall. It's only been thirty years. Um, Capzilla was built at least with the possibility, maybe not the total intent because it was just too nice, but it was strengthened in the way it was built. The floor bars were thicker in the back. It was built with the possibility of going to Bonneville and running. 
oh, wow. just to yeah. do it. And it was overbuilt. Everything about the car was beyond. The rear adjust- height adjustment was done through screw jacks that adjusted the height of the upper shock mount, if I'm not mistaken. The over the had coil springs that had shock mounts that adjusted height. And so when you pulled up and parked, you could drop the back. But when you drove down the road, it gave three inches of clearance, roughly, and made it functional. But it didn't affect the look, and it didn't have hydraulics, which are kind of um, secondary to having real springs and shocks to me. Um, I probably have people barking at that, but you know, uh, <laughs> that car opinion. was all about function. <laughs> yeah. So, now that was so. that was you know, and, and it's cool. It's cool that that like I said, that car is still at Peterson. We're still enjoying it. Yes. Yeah, and, and Billy's great to let him keep it. If I'm sure it's still his. We need to do another road tour. You no, know, I wanted to. Got to do another road tour. Is that right? Maybe we got to wow. one day. We got to pull that thing out of there and do another road tour. <laughs> right? That'd be awesome. Bring all the people together again while we're here. You know, oh, get Rob be... and, and other people. That would be amazing. Uh, I know Larry would enjoy. It. Yeah, it'd be awesome. You know, one of the things that people have commented various things about. I found it perfect. Is the gas tank, the the you know bell the moon tank up front? Yep. It's like a two point five gallon. Um, people go, why? That, that's not a custom thing. Well, this isn't the typical car. This has nothing to do with anything that's happened before. And when you look at the cover of Recycler, it has the boys standing there in a kind of a factory place, and and here's the nose of the car peeking in with the cool Cadillac original hood ornament up there in that groove, and down below the front bumper and the tank. I mean, they made it pivotal in the cover of an album. You don't think they put time into determining that art. So, you know, everything about the car was thought out, including the rough edges of a moon tank. Uh, sold a bunch of those when I was the sales chief at Honest Charlie prior to retirement down in Chattanooga. Oh, nice. And people would mention it. they go, that's they're not the one they used in Cadzilla? Absolutely. <laughs> right? No, that's cool. How a part like that was around, but then all of a sudden it goes on an iconic build. And yeah. Then it becomes yeah. popular. Yeah. Right. Yep. Well, it's no it's, that uh, it just. Go ahead. No, no, go for it. The um, you know, when you think about the people involved, Craig Nath and Larry Erickson and Bobby Griffey came yep. out and kind of lived in SoCal from uh, Knoxville area, Tennessee. He and his brother Larry, who's a fantastic car builder, um, has retired recently, but amazing cars. And at the time. Uh, nobody could surpass uh, Bobby Griffey. He just knew how to lay an interior out and was so tasteful. And so you look at an inter- a, a national effort where people from literally all parts of the country and a lot of Swedes, the, the team at Boyd's, this was an international effort, truly. And yet it all came together in record time. And who would know, you know, I mean, who's the prettiest girl? The one you're with, right? And... Uh, the, who's going to say what's going to be the coolest car ever? And it came together in such a, a quick way with so much talent, raw talent, and and developed talent, and to create something that today still I'm looking at it and I'm still in love. And everybody kind of looks at it. I show people who aren't car people, I'll show them the Hot Wheels, which I have both of, and they just they kind of marvel like, oh, wow, is that a car? I mean, can you drive it? Oh, just a little bit, you know. It's, just from here to Ohio, it's just, you know. Yeah, right? yeah, just from here, Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, that, no. that that picture of us is was after we, which is another story that we 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 get there and it's dirty and so we're gonna clean it up. And Chris Sundell's at Woody's Hot Rods out of Cincinnati 
region, kind of a tri-state area there. Um, he was like 12 years old with his dad and his dad's uh, yellow and green 56 two-door Chevy. And he, they come walking up, hey, man, and they help us clean it. And, and Brett uh, Vandervoort of uh, Air Ride, I believe, he was there. He hadn't started his company yet, and he helped us clean it. And people were just blown away, but it was a small, it was, you know, a day or two before the event. And it was, it was just a bunch of guys working on a car. We cleaned it up. We took that shot. And, and, uh, Chris Sondles went on to build a bunch of cool cars. He's built for one of the MVPs out of the Mets. He's built cars for, he built, he does all the 55, six and seven Chevy bodies, or maybe just 57 Chevy bodies new and steel now. And uh, here he was, twelve years old, cleaning Cadzilla back in the day. I have pictures of that. No, that's awesome. And you know, there's that's, so many stories. Yeah, please uh, go ahead. I interrupt. No, you. I was going to say that there's um, with with being involved. You know, with me being who I am. Uh, you know, as far as you know, um, you know these these iconic builds. These are people that you know they come up to, to me at shows and they have memories like that. You know, like hey, I was twelve yeah. years old and I was at a gas station. In Baker, California, yeah, so we're random. This, you know, this yeah. this guy named Steve pulls up from Hot Rod Magazine. You know, whatever. You know, yeah. and, you know, and, and and no, I mean, people remember that stuff as a kid. I was, or was that whatever show it was? Because you know, and that's great to hear. You know, because it was like the the car made an impression on a lot of people. No, there, there's an impact. People. You know, like it's it was an impactful uh, iconographical uh, build. You know, like it, it's an icon. Iconographer. That's a, that's a big word, I, Steve. It was. It's, it's a big word. <laughs> I had to practice that. <laughs> no, it's cool though. You know, I mean, it's it's. Well, you know what's also cool is Chris. <laughs> you are Boyd built. Yeah, I, mean, I am. Right. You know, Boyd built you too, and and look what you've been able to do with that. You know, and you're carrying on his legacy, his um, story, and you're empowering people with this possibility of them doing something like him and i think that's the thing we all want to really leave behind the stuff comes and goes but it's what you do for the world and what for you sure. do for an industry and uh, people should all want to remember that when they have something bad to say about somebody they should always kind of take it in you know a bigger picture because um boyd changed the automotive world absolutely and, and, and you know uh, what? got I, the I, attention of mitsubishi and companies all oh, over the world yeah seriously influence I mean, Cadillac. There, there's you know it, it, we get so focused yeah. on these podcasts with certain subjects, and then after afterwards, you go, "Oh man, no, let's talk about that." You know, but I, I got to tell you that as far, as far as podcasts, so I went to this Lone Star Throwdown this weekend, this last weekend in Texas, yeah. and the, probably the coolest thing was I'm walking around, and I'm walking around as a spectator, and I got yeah. people that I don't know walking up to me, and you know, I can say it happened thirty times. There was about four or five guys that came up to me and said, introduce themselves and just say, you know what? Love the podcast. Keep keep doing it. And and I, I just tell these people, thank you for listening because I'm doing this just to talk to people like you, Steve, you know, and, and get this document. You have cool stories. Yeah. yeah. And these stories have to be told because, you know, it's it's just, you know, come on. Not very many people drove Cadzilla yeah. across or halfway across, almost, or three-quarters of the way across the United States. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Two-thirds of the way would be 
pretty close. Yeah, two two thirds. There you go. Twenty two hundred. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, and, and ridiculous. And I've told this on the podcast many times. One of my greatest memories is my road trip in Shazoom. Yeah. Right. So, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. another I, the next iconic car after Cadzilla, right? With Shazoom. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, absolutely. And, yes. And a Luma Coupe, in the, between. Right. Yeah. A Luma Coupe. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah, it was. And then they had a, a little trouble with that, but they still achieved their goal. You know, I I remember. You know, one instrument. In, uh, situation in particular that I always thought was fun. Uh, when I was working for Honest Charlie and in like 14 through 18, and uh, along with being the sales lead at Honest Charlie, which I was honored to do, and which Mike Goodman and, and in particular Corky Coker and Wade Kawasaki, who's now the chairman of SEMA currently, um, I, they allowed me or gave me the opportunity to be the guide or docent for the Coker uh, Car Museum, which is a, a great variety of things, uh, both big cars from the early times to more modern English cars and a lot of American hot rods and all kinds of cool stuff. And, you know, Corky being a worldly guy, he's, he knows everybody and they know him and he supplies so many people with so much great product. One day I'm walking through and, and he's with, uh, it was Bud Brutzman, you know, who did overhauling yes. and, Navy SEAL pitch. And he turns to me and says, is it, is it true that you drove Cadzilla across country? And I went, yep. And he just walked away shaking his head like, who do I have working for me here? You know, there's like really like a, 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 some kind of special moment for him. You know, he's like, what? That's you know, awesome. It, 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 it stuck all those years. He heard from somebody else and he didn't believe it. You know, and it just, again, it, it uh, you have to pinch yourself even today. It was probably the you know, I, delivering my daughter was the most important thing and the most emotional thing in my life. Fantastic, but Cadzilla is you know top ten stuff. No matter <laughs> right what, yeah, because you, you, you know what, you you sit there and you go. At the time, it was super cool. Yeah, right. At the time, at it was really time, cool. It was amazing. It was really cool. But now looking now, back, now now yeah. that you look back and go, whoa, well, yeah, you look back and you go, no, that was way cool. It's like watching a perfect game, <laughs> like, or like just being part of an experience yeah. that you can't reciprocate again. You yeah, know, like it's, uh, but well, because especially right. when these things establish themselves in history as okay, well, like you just said, Steve earlier, no, that is the custom of all time. Then, you, then you go, yeah. oh shit, yeah, I drove that thing two thirds across the United States and had, had an amazing and, time, and, and yeah. I got pay- and, and Steve, you got paid to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, drove, you drove an icon <laughs> across the state and you know? through a sandstorm. <laughs> Through a sandstorm, and you stayed at, and you were in Vegas, the Mirage. Yeah, baller, yeah. baller. Right? Parked in before front. that was even a term. You were baller. Oh no, no. Back in the day, right. imagine right. like when the volcano was brand new and Cadzilla's in front of there. Like, oh, dude, that's dude. just like everybody's stopping. Oh, phew. you pulled out your Kodak disposable it. camera and taking a photo. <laughs> All right. Hopefully, in three or four oh. days, when the film gets processed, it's gonna be a cool, cool yeah, pic. Right? Hopefully, they could, <laughs> hopefully the the lighting was right. Yeah. You know? No, that's awesome. But, you know, getting back to a story about Boyd and his um, concern for everything, because when that guy, you know, takes off in his car and burns sideways to, you know, San Juan Capistrano or whatever, he's just concerned with the end result. He doesn't want to have somebody get hurt. He doesn't want the creation to be lost because it's people's amazing efforts. Yeah. So when we were in Indiana or someplace else, and it was late, and it had been raining, you know, back with Larry's story, but it, we were now on back to dry, and I think it was Indiana, but who knows? It was just so many miles. And 
uh, stops. And I pushed it up again. And probably because the speedometer, I believe, went to 80. And, and take me back to the fold-down dash picture in the opening spread. It's an interesting story. But the at about must have been 110, 120 miles an hour, allegedly. Um, I still cover my butt, I'm telling you. <laughs> I don't want to have show, police show up at the door and go, Mother, no. Father, what the heck's going on here? So uh, with that, there was a pressure differential between the air coming under the front through the nose and the amount of load that the hydraulic jacks that held the hood down. You know, you'd screw it, clunk, and it would clunk, and then it would kind of you'd feel it bind and hold down tight, which you wanted to do. And, and it was on rubber and everything, but at about one whatever something, the hood decided to get more pressure under the underside than it did flowing over the top, and it lifted up about three inches and oh. slammed back down. Oh wow! Because yeah, it's li- uh, nobody knows the story. Oh, <laughs> okay, go ahead. Well, I mean, needless to say, it uh, you know we were soiled. Let's just say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, they look at each other. Oh my God! Pull over. You know, didn't see anything. It's dark. So. We next we finally get to where we're going, and and we found that at the very where the tips of the hood reach the A pillar, which is the another pretty aspect of the car. Beautiful transition, of course. Um, right there where it meets the fenders, and it's of course one piece. The fenders and hood are all one united, but still split, so it looked stock ish. And it had chipped the paint on the oh, tips this. of the corners of the hood, like maybe three-eighths of an inch by three-eighths of an inch on both sides, where that had flexed when it landed and tapped on something and chipped the paint. Fast forward to we're at Canfield. Here comes Boyd, and the car's clean, and, you know, it's perfect. It worked out great because it wasn't sloppy, and it was well, how he wanted to see it. And he walks up, and not looking at me, kind of standing beside me, just kind of looking at the ground, and he goes, so what happened? Nothing. <laughs> he knew. He no, knew no, 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 it's okay. Right. What, what happened? He figured it was going to be well. We blew the U joint, and we had to tape it together. And you know, so I said, uh, "Well, right here, we were, you know, I don't know what happened. All of a sudden, it just the hood lifted. You know, did I tell him we were fast? I don't remember. Um, I don't think we told him we were going 100 and something. <laughs> and well, the, the and speedometer said, stopped at 80, so there's no way to tell, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's too, yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm forever innocent. You know, I'm only 20 over or 15 over. So um, he he said, I showed him the chips. He didn't even react. He just looked at me and goes, that's it? With a little bit of surprise. And I said, yep. He just nodded and turned and walked away. It, it was just like a breath of fresh air for him that we hadn't screwed up his deal. And I certainly gained points off, uh, after misnaming a car in a caption years before. Uh, I uh, I finally was redeemed by pulling that off, and it was as much a part Rob Canan's um, abilities and and care for the car that allowed us to achieve it too. It wasn't me; it was us, and it was everybody. And everybody has enabled us, and it's been a, a it was a great part of my life, and it taught me a lot about psychology of people, and to learn to meet people that have become. I was in Mexico with Raul, who we met when we came to Daryl Mabs on that tour, and we were in Mexico three two weeks ago. I mean, it's led to lifelong friendships and with he and his family and other stories about that, but not for now. And, and there's m- so many more stories. I hope one day, um, I know you have 
thousands of people to talk to, but I would love to tell you some of the other stories as well. I, I hope so. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, well, and, and you know what, too? It's, it's funny you talk about how he asked you, what happened? What happened? Because this is back at a time before. Now, if something happens, you would have sent a picture from your phone and said, hey, hey, Boyd, yeah. just showing you what happened. The anxiety of it's right. gone. Back then, the the, yeah. the uh, oh, you know, it's, it's, figurative, whatever you call it, the telephone game happened, yeah. right? Hey, uh, right. They, they were, right. yeah, I don't know how fast they were going. Real, but the time, hood, the real hood, time was a lot slower. Yeah, you're right. So the, the hood slammed down, and it chipped the paint. And, and it, oh, my God. There's no pictures. Yeah. You're not getting no pictures. No, no, no. So all of a sudden, he's flying. I'm sure he gets on a plane. The whole time, he's thinking, oh, shit. What the What'd f- they do? What'd they do? Uh, What'd they do? What'd they yeah, do? Yeah, and he's yeah. thinking all night, oh, my God, this thing's ruined. Uh, and he shows How up, and he goes, fix it? that's yeah. it? So I think and, you te- know, technology helps Rob and I were very concerned over his – I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying, technology has kind of eliminated some of that anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let people know, no, here, here's here's what happened. Oh, we – he already he would already have a fix yeah. right now on the way there. And I also might say that technology technology of instant gratification has also hurt us in some ways. Yeah. There are things you don't need to know. You know, it's a, it's a mixed a mixed bag. But uh, we felt we were I was concerned very much because it was my choice to go fast both times, and that's kind of my nature. And um, I don't beat stuff up, but I do enjoy seeing what it will do. And um, I was concerned about that because two chips on the paint of that car were like, you know, a big scratch across the hood to me. It was not a good thing. Yeah. But his not even, you know, it was a big deal. Somebody comes in with the, the, the paint, which they had in a little can somewhere and fixed it, you know, and nobody saw it and knew the difference. It's probably still as it was when it was fixed. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Now, you know what? I'm going to go look for that spot when I go to Peterson. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. going to go over there. Yeah, and then call me up and say, Damn it, man! What were you thinking? Yeah. Oh my. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it's funny because you say that now. Now uh, the listeners are going to go, "Hey, we're going to go to Peterson this this uh, summer or whatever. We're going to check that out." Yeah. Hey, whoever yeah. Uh, takes yeah. a, a photo of that first, how about they get a free uh, HRBB shirt? Sure. Why not? Yeah. Just yeah. make sure it's a good. Well, the, the, the little yeah. known secrets about Cadzilla, we've given a couple of, of them away, and uh, you know who knows. And of course. You know what music we played? The Eliminator album we played continuously. Uh, Sharp dressed man, and we had matching sunglasses. Did you really? You, That's you don't funny. see in that picture. Oh, we had we had little cheap sunglasses like lime green, and uh, we had their matching guitars that were made in the same color. And uh, another shot that will show up later in my publication, hopefully, will um, show it where. We were, were wearing big white beards, which we picked up in L.A. before we left, <laughs> and our sunglasses. That's funny. And we're kneeling down with the car behind us, and, and, and uh, Jack's on drums. He's got the two sticks acting like uh, Frank Beard. And uh, Dusty, uh, that's Rob on the bass. And I've got Billy's uh, awesome, awesome lead guitar, and I'm just wailing away at it, you know, playing all kinds of really wrong chords. <laughs> and, uh, that's funny we, we just did a bunch of setup at the end we had a guy shoot and that's the shot you're looking at it's just the guy who was there i handed him my own camera not our work camera and just had him shoot some candidates of us and uh no that stuff ever went to print it's not a peterson product it was just steve's film but uh it was uh it was a, just an amazing amazing trip and uh back to um i don't think 
anybody would have envisioned the possibility of building it um, and the people we put together to manage that. And then the, the capabilities, even likelihood of driving it, I think, should be a, a pattern to people who today even it are afraid be. to drive their cars. And I've had this discussion with, you know, 40 years in the business, you see a lot of trailers. They used to hide them in Pleasanton everywhere but the fairgrounds. You know, all the neighborhoods were <laughs> right. full of them around them. Well, and, and, and then they got the stick. Yeah. I always thought a, a great product would be uh, I drove it bugs, where you could just stick bugs on your radiator and say you drove, and people would believe you, you know? But the real fun, as you guys pointed out, is that driving is what it's all about, enjoying the car. And it I really is. It just needs to happen. Power tours certainly embrace that for decades. Yeah, no, it's, it, you know, and it's, it's one of those things where, you know, there's a lot of people making nice vehicles now and doing a lot of good work. But yeah. you know what? That was at a time where, I mean, it, it was, it was, it was the shit yeah. when it came out and it got, it went on the road and now we're talking about it. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, you'd like yeah. to see well, something over the top be done now. You know, it, it's like the Instagram influencers, you know, you see like them taking like a, a toilet seat and like putting like a, the, the camera gear, like, like the yeah, way what, what they, are you talking they, about, Steve? No, the way, <laughs> <laughs> the way that they can, um, the way these days in social media, you could fabricate a photo and be like, oh yeah. oh, yeah, this is what I'm doing. And it's like, oh, it's in your backyard. You're not really hiking. Cadzilla was not like yeah. that. Cadzilla was uh, functional. It was real. It it was, it handled, it drove across cross country. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. There's, there's a lot of nice builds being done. And you know, Sorry, that was a long way around. Yeah. I, you <laughs> lost me at the toilet seat part, but whatever. Um <laughs> No, but it. I want to see. Uh, I want to see a nice high dollar build be done. Yeah, that gets that's just cutting edge. That someone takes across a country. Yeah. That, when, when when is when's? I mean, I'm sure someone has done well, it. Let's hear from them. I mean, I don't know. Well, one of you said it, and I think it could be done and really be something, and done in a much more broader sense. Is uh, you know, my, my cousin's a documentary producer did that for Discovery Channel on several films, but. You get somebody like him who understands the picture, and then you bring Billy into it, and you bring people that are still, you know, involved and out there who were involved early on with it, Larry Erickson and Griffey and a bunch of people, and you do another tour in a similar fashion. Maybe you cover the exact same ground. Let's do it. And I'm, re- I'm it, ready. It takes it to – who's going to pull that together but you, Chris? Yeah, you I'm have gonna do the it. circle of influence. So one last story that's pretty funny. On the dashboard of that Cadillac is a fold-down area in the center. It's right out of the original car. Yep. Beautiful piece. Very Art Deco almost uh, style, I guess. And we stopped after Pete and Jake's. We went to a party. Got there like six hours late. People were just really tired of waiting and upset, but it all worked out. Next morning, we leave in Peculiar, Missouri. And down the street is a White Castle. And I said, Rob, we have to do this. So we lowered, it's in one of those pictures you have there that weren't for reprint, but in the article, here's the center dash fold, folded down in Cadzilla with this fine wool carpeting, Wilton wool, Connolly leather, and with a bunch of cheeseburgers and chocolate shakes <laughs> and fries on that fold down, as if we were eating while we were driving, which we did not. Yeah. Funny enough, if you go to Recycler, and the second to the last song is called Burger Man. No, that's funny. And that... And I always wondered, I never was able to clarify that that may have had some impetus to the title of that song because it's 
Godzilla with the car on the cover, and here's these burgers up on the dash. I always wondered it would be a story to ask him sometime. I'm sure Billy would have an answer. But uh, no, that's awesome. Gosh, guys, this has been a great memory. Yeah. I've forgotten most of these stories, and the rest of them are just made up. <laughs> well, you know, we love them either way. But well, and I think too, Steve, when you get off this uh, phone call, you're going to start thinking about other memories that you didn't share t- with us tonight, and. I yeah. think that you might need yeah. to come back on this podcast, uh, you know, in the not so distant future. I'd be thrilled. I would be thrilled. It'd be a wonderful opportunity. I've so much enjoyed your graciousness and putting up with my just continual. You know, I can't wait to interrupt myself. You know, I just keep no. You did good, man. Uh, you know, you got you got you know. Especially yeah. today's a special day. Yeah, and um, you know, yeah. it, it's yeah. it's a it's a day that I mean, I I, I think about my dad every day. But it's it's days like today that, um, you know, if I can put aside all the craziness going going on in the shop, it gives me a time to reflect and sit on a podcast with yourself and just talk about some cool stuff and and just jogging our memories and remembering just really just great times. And the reason why we're here right now. Yeah. So absolutely. But yeah. Steve, thank you yeah. very much for, for taking the time out to talk to us. That was great. Yeah. You know, you're definitely there's this big puzzle. And in my mind, there's this huge puzzle. I yeah. don't know how big it is, but it's huge. It keeps getting bigger. It keeps getting bigger because yeah. I, I think I'm building yeah. a thousand piece puzzle of my dad's life. And, then and the next realize... thing you know, you talk to you talk to five hundred people. No, I'm building a five thousand piece puzzle. Yeah. And you talk to two thousand people. And then no, there's this just, section over here that you need to build. Yeah. It, so it, yeah, you're you're definitely part yeah. of that that puzzle that that puts together my dad's uh, legacy. Absolutely. Um, and and his, just everything he's done. And we appreciate you taking the time out to come talk to us. Well, Chris, Steve, I, I'm so thankful. Um, it's a it's a great day, and and I didn't I'd heard you mention it with John Drummond. But I had forgotten that it was today. And yeah. so how special it is that I get to be a part of this celebration of someone who all people need to recall in a bright light because um, he changed things for an entire industry and thought of things no one ever thought of. And it's funny, and you know this, uh, people often said he was aloof or conceited. I heard a lot of stuff, and I knew him very well. Spent a lot of time with him on, you know, just usually at the shop because he was busy. And I always say, you know what? He's not. He's not like that. He's not arrogant. He's shy. He doesn't really like to talk to people much or know how. That's not his best skill. He he was abrupt or quiet sometimes, and people would take that as aloof. Yep. But he was not. He was intelligent. He was a visionary. He'd done so much, and it was never enough. And um, he did that to his last day and surrounding people and enabling people like Butera and others. And I was just blessed to be a moment in that time. And uh, I'm, I'm so thankful and I appreciate y'all and I uh, look forward to our next opportunity. Thank you very much. Yeah. Steve Anderson, man, you, you've been a great uh, podcast guest. This is what this podcast is all about is, uh, you know, reliving the, the memories and also like keeping on the tradition. So thank you again for uh, being on. And you as well, Steve and Chris. Thank you. And you have a blessed night, okay? All right, you too. Yeah. Thank you. On behalf of uh, Steve Anderson and Chris Coddington and, of course, Boyd Coddington, thank you guys for tuning in. We really appreciate it. If you guys have any stories of Boyd and you want to email us to get on the podcast at a future date, 
Hit us up at hrbdproductions at gmail.com and we'll, we'll go through your stories and we'll see what's up. You guys have a great night. Thank you guys for listening and we'll talk to you guys again soon.